How's it going, Yankee fans? Welcome back to Fireside Yankees with your boys, Alex and Ryan. Today, we want to discuss kind of the question that everyone's been asking us on social media. Have the Yankees gotten better offensively? Are they in a place where we can see elevated production, elevated efficiency? And, you know, the team hasn't added a significant number of pieces, but they are getting a significant amount of pieces back and mainly from injury. You know, you look at last season towards the end of the campaign, you got Bader's really not playing much until the last couple of games. The plantar fasciitis was great during the postseason. You don't have DJ LeMayhew. Um, you know, this team was just kind of injured at specific positions. You know, Anthony Rizzo was dealing kind of with that back injury down the stretch. And, you know, it really hurt the team. You know, we don't have a leadoff hitter in Benintendi. I mean, obviously we don't have him now, but he was hurt. Um, down the stretch, I was not able to contribute much. So, you know, when you're looking at what the Yankees have in the future, a healthy DJ LeMay, he was probably the biggest variable in terms of what's returning. But the Yankees haven't gotten significantly better in the in the batting order now. I think there's a couple of different discussions that we should have because, Ryan, as you know, the Yankees had the best offense in baseball during the first half of the year, but it kind of fell apart during the second half. So should we be expecting them to kind of, you know, run a, a, a similar route? And is that going to happen again? Are they going to get injured again? Are they going to be kind of falling by the wayside? Or are they going to maintain their offensive contributions the entire way and make a push for a World Series? It can't just be first half and then you're a dud. It has to be first half, second half, come together, or at the very least the opposite, struggle a little bit in the beginning and dominate in the second half going into the postseason. So I think most of it was injury-related. But Ryan, you know, I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on the status of this batting order, and do you think they got any better this offseason? Yeah, so I'm not going to sit here and say the Yankees made drastic improvements to their offense, but I will say that the Yankees made really important substitutions uh, in terms of what they're going to go with internally. Um, you know, I know a lot of people are saying, you know, Aaron Hicks is a starting left fielder. That's what Brian Cashman's going to do. They benched Aaron Hicks last year, right? So, you know, for Oswaldo Cabrera and Estevan Florial, like Estevan Florial came up to play left field for a little bit. Um, the Yankees don't have a commitment to starting Aaron Hicks. So, you know, if you're sitting back and you're thinking to yourself, right now, Aaron Hicks is a starting left fielder. He's not. It's Oswaldo, it's Oswaldo Cabrera. The Yankees are going to say it's a competition. It's not, right? It, I, I know, like, I, like realistically, Oswaldo Cabrera is going to have to have a really bad spring training for him to go out there and, uh, you know, not have the left field job. The Yankees like what Oswaldo Cabrera does. They clearly really value him. Um, there's a reason why the Yankees haven't been throwing out Oswaldo Cabrera in trade talks. You know, we've, we've had a, Oswaldo Cabrera broke out last year as a prospect, 2021, and not a single time have you heard his name dangled in trade talks. There's a reason for that. The Yankees really like him, right? Uh, I imagine if the price was right, they would move him, but uh, quite frankly, I don't think the Yankees are very interested in moving Oswaldo Cabrera. Uh, that's their left fielder until they find one. Um, and whether people, you know, you can say that he's better in a utility role, and I would agree with that. Um, but you know, the Yankees are also not having a bad left fielder in Oswaldo Cabrera. Uh, and there are ways you can navigate around that. And honestly, you know, the team that you have on opening day is not the team you have in the postseason on the first, on game one of the postseason, because quite frankly, the trade deadline changes everything. Injuries happen. You know, as you mentioned, the Yankees were very injured in that second half. Um, and it removed a lot of key pieces of that lineup. You know, at the trade deadline, if you would have told me Andrew Benintendi is starting in left field on game one of the ALDS, you'd be like, what the hell happened? Well, you can't really uh, predict that he's going to swing and then something in, in his hammy bone is going to uh, be disrupted. Um, so quite frankly, the way I look at things is, you know, look, even shortstop, you know, people are going to say things are going to start ICAF and Donaldson, you know, because that's, you know, they, they were very hesitant to bring up Peraza last year. Well, I think the difference was Peraza struggled to start the part of last year, you know, in that Oswald, Oswald Peraza video that I did, you know, when you look at what he did in that for the first like two or three months, he was not very good. He looked terrible. Right. And the, quite frankly, the Yankees were really good in that time frame. Uh, you know, the Yankees were not going to bring up Peraza in June when he was struggling and the Yankees were playing really well. There's no reason to make a shortstop change. You know, um, July, August, you know, that uh, 
by the time September rolled around, it looked bad that they didn't have Barazov. I 100% agree. And it looked bad that they didn't start him. 100% agree there. Uh, but you also have to remember that that's a rookie. You know what I mean? So, you know, how much do you trust a rookie in the postseason? Clearly, the Yankees went desperation mode and started mixing and matching with the shortstop position, the ALCS. Um, and we can say that that's a sign of a bad organization. But quite frankly, it's Aaron Boone doing whatever he can to try to get a spark. And that's something you have to do when your offense isn't working. You have to mix things up. Um you know, you can say there's no cohe- no cohesive lineup in that situation, but again, you have to do whatever you can to try to get your offense going. And then third base, DJ LeMay, who's this team's third baseman. People, I see a lot of on social media and, uh, in, in, you know, talking heads and a lot of talking points in general in articles and videos where people are saying, you know, we don't have a third baseman. It's Josh Donaldson. No, it's it's DJ LeMahieu, right? If you think the Yankees are benching their leadoff hitter, you know, who is also making a lot of money. DJ LeMahieu is making $15 million a year. Do you think the Yankees want to bench him uh, just because Josh Donaldson's there? You know, it's either you have a guy making $23, $24 million on the bench or a guy making $15 million on the bench. And the guy who's making $15 is significantly better and is a huge part of this team. He's the leadoff hitter. You know, um, Nick and I talked about how important DJ is to this team. The Yankees don't have a leadoff option, even in the left field market, outside of maybe Brian Reynolds, uh, that they could have right now at the one spot and pencil him in every single day and get a good at-bat from them. Um, And then, you know, the last component of this is second base, where you could say LeMahieu's going to play second and Donaldson's going to play third. Why would the Yankees keep Gleyber Torres, not trade him, you know, pay him $9 million to be a bench player when he was really good for the Yankees last year? Again, you know, a lot of this is just, it sounds like a lot of people are just being overly negative about how the Yankees are going to distribute playing time. You know, yes, you know, no, they're not going to have Donaldson sit every single game. He's going to play. But that's because the Yankees are going to move guys around the infield. We had the same problem in the start at the beginning of last year where we had Donaldson, Glaber, LeMahieu, IKF, and Rizzo. And there's only four infielders you can play every single day. And the DH spot is always going to be, you know, usually Stanton is going to be that DH. But things happen. You know, maybe Stan plays gets a game in left field. Donaldson gets a game at DH. You know, that could happen. Um, you know, you put Judge in center field for a game, Stanton in right field, Cabrera in left field, Bader uh, takes a day off, and then you have Donaldson in the lineup. You know, you sit LeMayu for a day, Donaldson's going to be in the lineup. You sit Glaber for a day, Donaldson might be in the lineup. You know, um, the Yankees are going to find ways to play him. Um, you know, whether I like Donaldson or not, it's completely not, that's not a factor here, right? Whether we like him or not, the, 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 the thing is the Yankees seem to have some sort of trust in him. He does still hit the ball hard. So there is that, you know what I mean? And he's still an excellent defender, but ultimately this team was the fourth best offensive baseball last year. And they subtracted a lot of the pieces that were not very good for them, whether it's Hicks from the starting lineup, Dalton from the starting lineup, Gallo in general. Um, and that's a huge part of what's going to make this team like just sustain themselves. Just be the fourth best offense in baseball. Your pitching staff is going to be the best. So if you're the fourth best offense and you're the best pitching staff, you're, you're going to win a lot of games next year. People forget that the Astros were the sixth best regular season offense. So, you know, you just care about what you look like in the postseason. The Yankees were better in WRC plus the Astros were last year. You only care about what that lineup looks like in the postseason, right? So this team's going to be fine offensively for now, and then you just wait until the deadline and see what the Yankees can add. Yeah, so here's the thing. Um, I guess I'll go through individual positions because I, I, you kind of hit on DJ LeMahieu, and I really wanted to make an important point there as well. But you look at right field, obviously Aaron Judge is situated. Is he going to replicate his 2022 stats? Probably not. Is he going to get somewhere in between and maybe even closer to his 2021 stats? Probably. That's still an elite player that can carry an offense. Um, so we're expecting, you know, judge to be that pinnacle, that, that catalyst on offense really lead the way when he's hitting, everybody else kind of elevates. Um, you look at center field, Harrison Bader is the biggest addition that we have because we did not see him for a full season last year. Harrison Bader healthy 
with consistent at bats, getting opportunities is going to be a difference maker, guys. You know, you know, we talk about getting better in the batter's box. How about getting better on the base paths? Harrison Bader is going to be aggressive, bigger bases, more stolen bases. He can turn a, a single into a double. He can turn in a po- like, you know, another player single if he's on second pace into a run. He's that aggressive. He's that fast and athletic. So when you're looking at Harrison Bader, we're going to see a lot of value out of him in ways that we probably, you know, haven't talked about in, in, in the past. But ultimately, that's the biggest addition this team has really made. Um, I think it will be significant, but is it going to be significant enough to change the course of a season? We'll see. You know, probably not, but it'll be he'll he'll definitely have a big impact, especially over um Aaron Hicks. Now, left field, that's where we're kind of running into a what do you do there situation. You know, Oswaldo Cabrera, Aaron Hicks. If we're staying with what we've got, Oswaldo Cabrera every single day, because you got DJ LeMay, who has your utility man in the infield. You still got Josh Donaldson if they don't manage to offload him. Um, and, and ultimately, you know, $25 million, that's his luxury tax salary, $25 million for a player to be on the bench is definitely a little bit egregious. So you're going to have to find a way to get rid of Donaldson or at least some of his money. Um, or you just eat the money and you just have him sit on, on the bench and be a supplementary player, which isn't a bad move. If you're willing to just eat the money, then so be it. If you, if you DFA him, you still got to pay him. So I think you ultimately just keep him on the roster and have him as a, as a supplementary, a supplementary piece because we've talked about how Glaber Torres needs to be available and needs to be there because of DJ LeMahieu's toe injury. Um, I would argue you have to make the same thing, you make the same argument for Josh Donaldson. If because of DJ LeMahieu's toe injury, you kind of have to keep Donaldson even if you're paying him $25 million unless you can find a team to take on some of that salary. But I'll tell you this right now, the batting order, it's not going to look significantly different than last year. But... The, but the variable of DJ LeMayhew consistently just really makes it difficult for me to wrap my head around. He is your leadoff hitter. If you don't have DJ LeMayhew, as we saw last year, your team takes a significant nosedive off the production and efficiency uh, deep end, right? Without DJ, Aaron, uh, Aaron Judge, he's still great, but he's not as great because you don't have a guy on base, gets on base at a 35, 36% clip. You need DJ LeMayhew leading off. We don't have Benintendi anymore to supplement that role. You know, maybe Peraza could do it, but... I don't think he's going to be a great offensive player by any means. We need someone who's going to get on base consistently. That's why they kind of threw Aaron Hicks into the mix so many times last year as the lead offer, even as the nine hitter, because he'd get on base. Um, it's an unbelievable situation how New York is just constant sirens. I think the sirens been going on for like freaking 20 minutes. It's just like, honestly, it's just background noise in my head at this point. But um, <laughs> back to what I was talking about. I think that, you know, as you mentioned, if the Yankees want to go out and get a Brian Reynolds or something like that, you've got to have another guy who can who can fill that leadoff spot. You know, they tried to get Glaber Torres in the mix there during the postseason. It just did not work well because he's not a he's not a high on base percentage guy. I think he was only on base at 31.2%. So, you know, Ryan, if you're looking at the leadoff spot particularly and DJ LeMay, he was dealing with injury, who's leading off for you? Because I feel like that's an issue the Yankees may run into. And if, if it is, we may see another bad offense during the second half of the year. They need to be careful. They've got to bring on somebody that has a high on base percentage. I mean, that's why you love Masataka Yoshida so much, right? Yeah, so, um, quite frankly, uh, when I'm looking at this roster, not that they don't have guys who work walks. Uh, you know, Judge and Rizzo are both guys who work walks. But you kind of don't want to move them from their spots. I imagine if, you know, they don't have a current option. If they don't have, if let's say something were to happen to LeMahieu, I imagine that they would have to just put Rizzo or Judge to the leadoff spot and kind of have them hold it down for a little bit and then figure themselves out at the deadline or internally. Um, the guy who I think can become a long-term option for you at the leadoff spot is Anthony Volpe. Anthony Volpe is a guy whose career, you know, he works a lot of walks. He doesn't chase. Um, he is a just an absolutely phenomenal base runner. So he adds at that aspect of uh, the game to the leadoff spot. You know, LeMahieu just isn't that fast. That's just not who he is. Um, 
you could put Volpe at the leadoff spot, but again, you'd have to, you want to kind of wait to, for a number one when he debuts, right? You don't know when that's going to happen. The Yankees were very slow with Peraza. Who's to say they aren't going to wait until September with Volpe, right? You know, things can happen. If he struggles, that's probably what's going to end up happening. Um, and then you want to get him at bats, get him comfortable at the major level. You don't want to just throw him at the leadoff spot, you know, in game in his like first two or three games, that's not what you want to do to him. That would be disastrous. Not maybe disastrous, but that's a lot to ask. You're throwing a guy to the fire. Um, the way I see it is, you know, if he, if things go well with him at AAA, he has a really good first uh, two months and he comes up, plays a couple months with the Yankees towards the end of that tenure. You can, if he's playing well, you can move him to that leadoff spot. Um, even if LeMahieu's here, you know, it would actually deepen the lineup. If you could put Volpe one and then, you know, slot LeMahieu more in that fifth, sixth role, where he's going to come up with a lot of runners on and you're going to be able to utilize those contact skills. And Volpe would, you know, as we, we've talked about bigger bases a lot because this team has a lot of speedy guys coming up or a guy like Bader, who's going to be here for a full year. Um, you know, the Yankees are going to be able to run wild, and Volpe is one of those guys who can run run wild. And if you could imagine Judge being at the plate with a guy who can steal 50 bases in a season, uh, quite frankly, I that's a lot of pressure to put on a pitcher, right? You know, in postseason situations, guys want to throw more breaking balls, want to, you know, throw a little bit, throw a lot harder. So that takes, you know, longer time between pitches. And typically, you know, you can't just quick pitch your way into a 99 mile an hour fastball and you got ridiculous arm talent. Um, you know, if you're trying to pitch to judge, you're not throwing fastball, fastball, fastball. You're probably going to go fastball, slider, slider, uh, or whatever breaking pitches are off speed you can throw. But that can lead, you know, that's those are easier pitches to steal off of. So, you know, quite frankly, um, you just want to make another pitcher have to make decisions. And, you know, when you when you have to make decisions that are other that are not just uh, throw a slider or throw a fastball, you know, that could be pretty tough on a guy. Uh, and, and quite frankly, um, Volpe is the only internal guy I can look at as, a, as a, a leadoff option outside of Judge and Rizzo because of the walk rate. You know, I, I know Hicks has a high walk rate, but I don't think he's going to hit for a high enough average to have a really good OBP. I feel the same way about Kepler if they were to bring in Kepler. I like Kepler, but I don't just because he's a fly ball hitter, I just never don't, I don't ever think he's going to have a high enough average to have a really high OBP. Um, and then you have other guys like Glaber. They tried it. It's not who he is. He's, he's more of a, he has, he's got to stay a little more aggressive as a hitter. Um, you know, Donaldson, obviously I, I don't think Donaldson should lead off. Same with like guys like IKF or, you know, Peraza, uh, even Stanton, just not, those are just not lead off hitters. Uh, so quite frankly, it's probably LeMahieu or or not bust, but it's LeMahieu or like Judge Rizzo. And then if you want to go internal, if you want to find a, a guy in your system who could do it, maybe Volpe. I like Wells. I think Wells could be, but but you know that's again, it's a lot of pressure to put on a guy who hasn't even played in AAA yet. So uh, they have some internal guys who can work walks, but quite frankly, the leadoff spot is going to be LeMahieu's to lose. Yeah, which is why the Yankees wanted to get Benintendi back, but ultimately just didn't have the money to do so. So I think to round out our discussion. Did the Yankees do enough to get better offensively? I'd probably lean with no. I'd probably lean with it's pretty much similar to what we saw last year with the exception of Bader um, and DJ LeMahieu getting healthy again. But again, like there are risks. LeMahieu could get hurt. That toe injury is probably not fully healed. He's working on it. He's going to be ready for spring training. But I, they don't really sound optimistic about it, which is definitely worrisome. Um, so if you're talking about someone who gets on base a lot, I mean, I could see a Rizzo one and then a judge two, a Glaber three and a Stanton four type of lineup. I could see something like that unfolding. Um, you know, we'll see maybe, maybe if Peraza is looking good, they put him at three. Uh, I don't, I don't know. It's, this is a tough situation for the Yankees because they just don't have a lot of guys that work walks, get on like it, it, ones that are more athletic, you know, guys that are not judge and Rizzo. Guy, you know, guys that are going to walk at a 34, 35% clip, if not better. Um, 
you know, they just don't have enough of those. And ultimately you can't trust Aaron Hicks anymore. So I'm a little concerned about what they're going to do there. So, uh, you know, as I said, rounding it out, I don't think the Yankees gotten much better offensively this season in the batter's box, but I do think they got better as base runners with Bader included as a, as a pretty essential variable in that respect. Um, but I don't necessarily believe um, the Yankees can't be a top five offense because they absolutely can be. I think it's more so just going to rely on health once again, as it does every single year. So Ryan, the, you know, I guess your final, uh, your final result, do you think they got better or do you think they kind of say the same? Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think they, I think they're kind of the same offense, right? I think they're little changes here. There are little tweaks, but overall, I don't think they're going to address. They're going to go from like a 114 WRC plus offense or 115 to like 130 or anything like that. Not that that's really possible, but uh, quite frankly, this team is, if you know, when we're saying they stayed the same, I want to remind people they were the fourth best offense in baseball last year and they stayed the same. So Let's 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 not you know have the reaction of oh they stayed the same these guys stink they stayed the same they the, they stayed as the fourth best offense in baseball uh, and they were point below one a, a point below uh, the third spot they weren't too far behind the first spot if they're the fourth best offense third or fourth best offense next year or even the fifth best offense with this pitching staff this team's gonna win the division so uh, and we'll we'll see in the postseason what it looks like right because quite frankly every team gets worse in the postseason offensively. You know, you gotta, you have to, you kind of have to be healthy. You just have to be healthy and hope things kind of swing your way, which is really all you can do at that point. You can't make trades. You can't call guys up. That's all you can really do. Uh, At this point, stage of the game, top five offense in baseball. And that's good enough for me with this pitching staff. Hopefully they can add a a left fielder to kind of help that lineup a little bit. You know, again, if they get Brian Reynolds, God, you know, that would be beautiful, but price tags high. But uh, yeah, my final thoughts are, you know, offense is the same, but I don't think bad thing because, they're a really good offense. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. Now, guys, I'd love to hear your perspectives and opinions below in the YouTube comments. As always, make sure to have a fantastic rest of your day and check out all the rest of the Fire Fireside content that has been dropping since probably Tuesday. We have insane shorts. If you're watching on the YouTube channel right now, make sure to go check out the shorts. Um, we have some really good stuff there you won't want to miss. And obviously, our Twitter account, we're really, really close to 10K. So we would appreciate if you are on Twitter. Give us a follow over there. Make sure to subscribe and like the video. I'm always going to be here doing some daily content for you guys. Got you guys covered on all the news with a multitude of different styles. So hopefully you guys enjoy that as the season gets closer and spring training approaches. As I said before, make sure to have a fantastic rest of your day. And we'll catch you guys on the next Fireside Yankees episode.